my friend says caffeine's a drug. I said, oh, tell your friend, fuck you. I want to be a buddy with Just a little breakfast. Hello. Hello, hello. Welcome to the Breakfast Pumps <laughs> podcast. This is a podcast about coffee, donuts, DIY, punk, and pretty much anything else we want. Brought to you by Sham City Roasters and Deadbeat Donuts. From Hastings, I'm Dave. And I'm Siobhan. And on this week's episode, we play a made-up drinking game that we <laughs> oh, call wow. Lord of the Tins, which should make for some excellent content. Oh, gosh. Um, and we watch the movie Sudden Death, starring Jean-Claude Van Damme. Yes, we did. Um, every week on this podcast, we eat a different treat and drink a different coffee. Yeah, so treats-wise, we've just eaten half of our lovely box of cupcakes that we got. They were made by lovely Amanda, who owns Raffo and Ridgeway. They were vegan cupcakes. I think, I don't know if everything Amanda does is vegan specifically, but she definitely specialises in vegan and gluten-free stuff. Um, so we had some awesome cupcakes. There were Rocky Road ones, which were like chocolate with loads of frosting and marshmallows and Jeez, like Amanda, <laughs> you do not skimp on the frosting. It That's was not amazing. No, it was amazing. Oh my gosh, but yeah, that Rocky Road one was fantastic. I have a horrible picture of me trying to stuff it in my face, mm. but it was good. And um, I also had a super fruit cupcake, which had loads of berries in it and loads of berries on the top. And you stuffed a lemon and blueberry one in your mouth. I did, and that was incredible. Oh delicious. gosh! Yeah, so I we... feel like having a small nap now, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This kind of <laughs> this is interesting. I'm very, very sugared up, well, but we've still got three more to go, so I'm yeah. very excited. Well, um, we, we, um, might, we might get involved with them as the podcast goes on a little bit. The cupcakes. Okay. You're okay. looking at me like I'm no, I didn't understand what you were talking about. <laughs> Um, so Amanda, Rafa and Ridgeway, look them up. They've got Facebook, Instagram, got Twitter. Um, if you're in Hastings, go Local delivery, cake. right? Yeah, I think Amanda's been taking them around mm. to places. They're also in lots of the cafes around here. So there's a cafe called Milk and Hustle in St. Leonard's. And uh, often there's lots of goodies in there you can get. So get on board, vegan people. Very good. And hopefully helping us with this need to nap. Uh, we're <laughs> drinking a coffee this week called Fresh Hell. Uh, it's a coffee that's been released by the band Drones. It's come out to celebrate uh, the release of their album, Our Hell Is Right Here, which came out on the awesome Lockjaw Records. You should definitely check out the album and check out Lockjaw. And I think we're going to kick yeah. off with some music. Let's do that. Uh, so the first song we're going to play today is by an awesome French band, whose name I'm going to probably butcher, but I'm going to have a try. <laughs> Bear with me. You can do it. I believe they're called Et on Tueur to les Affreux. Wow, that I bet good? that's what they're called. That sounds good. It might have been. Uh, the song is called 1312, so I Wait. can't say that in French. Can you say <laughs> that in French? Or it might be 1312. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Anyhow, it's it's on their forthcoming album that's coming out called Mange Temour. Uh, but this song is actually also on an awesome compilation that's just been put out on Bandcamp um, to benefit the Cowley Club, uh, who are obviously suffering during the lockdown. Um, it's just called uh, Cowley Club Benefit Mixtape 2021. It's got 53 tracks on it. It's got loads of awesome bands on there. Um, and it's pay what you want, but like I say, all the money will just go straight to the club, so you should definitely go and give them nice. some money. So uh, I'm not going to say the name of the band again. I'm just going to say, here's that song that I just said. <laughs> Here it goes. <laughs> 
welcome back to Breakfast Punk Podcast. It's now time for the news. So, uh, I shall kick off with a little bit of news, um, and it's a load of different TNS news, TNS Records. Awesome band Incisions are just about to release their new album called Bliss. They've released a couple of songs and videos off it already. The album itself um, is going to be released on the 2nd of April, but you can... um, buy it now uh, or pre-order it now um also uh, tns are literally just about to put out a big compilation which we might have mentioned on this podcast already called cheap cans broken vans and basement bar bands to celebrate their 100th release mm. um and at the moment they're doing a youtube sort of pod i don't know if you call it a podcast if I they've got i think they're calling it a podcast oh, okay but there's a video element to it yeah you can look at them it's very this. fancy yeah there you go so they're doing a visual podcast on youtube at the moment i, I don't really know what a <laughs> podcast or a youtube or any of the definitions really are no they're doing a thing and it's good they're definitely doing a thing and it's basically going through all of their releases from numbers one to 100 i think there's four out at the moment I haven't listened to the most maybe recent the fifth, one. I think the oh, fifth one's just come out, yeah. Um, I think they're, they're up really to 85, so they're, they're quite a way through Oh, shit, now. really? Something oh, okay. like that, I think so. So, yeah, it's uh, it's great. You should definitely check that out as well. Nice, sounds good, sounds good. Uh, my first little bit of news, it just popped up on my news feed sometime this week, that Devo are being nominated for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Mm. Uh, take what you will from that. I don't know if the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is even relevant anymore or has ever been relevant. <laughs> um, but some good people got nominated this year. Um, Kate Bush is nominated. Mm. The Go-Go's nominated. Iron Maiden is nominated. Uh, New York Dolls as well. So really? That, yeah. I wonder if that's just because the um, thing you died. Yeah, well, yeah, probably. So there's some good people nominated. Again, I, d- I don't know how useful the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is. It's just, as far as I'm aware... It took them a long time to put Kiss in. Well, that that's it. Some people do have umbrage with this list. Well, they do. I think, didn't Paul Stanley refuse to go? Oh, possibly. Or I did don't they know. go and they, I think they went, but they, they said that they didn't really want to go. Oh, but they couldn't possibly uh, not go because it, it was some limelight. Exactly. So, yeah. Silly old Kiss. <laughs> well, Devo... Are an amazing band. They're one of my faves. Uh, Mark Mothersburg, the lead singer, he is quite happy about it. He says oh, yeah, it's just nice. nice to be nominated. Don't get much validation nowadays. Um, so just to be nominated is a great thing, and I thank everyone. So yeah, if you're in any way bothered about it, there's a fan vote. Um, I, th- I think the fan vote only is only like ten percent. Well, that's the vote. what it's I was about to say. I think, it's, I think it's just decided upon by old white men. I was about to say it's going to be some old men that so. just decide who's in it and who's not. Yeah. Um, I might be misremembering it, but I think there's quite an under-representation of women in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah, there definitely is, if you look at it over the years. Yeah, guess, but, so yeah. again, how relevant is this list? Who knows? But Devo are great, and they're happy about it, so good for them. <laughs> good stuff. <laughs> My second piece of news is that uh, awesome tattoo shop here in Hastings called Two Snakes Tattoo have just uh, celebrated their sixth birthday anniversary. And partly to celebrate that and partly as a Valentine's Day thing. They've done a collection of handmade art that their tattooists are all basically making. And mm-hmm. there's um, there's some candles, there's some artwork, there's some jewellery. And they sold a lot of it in the run-up to Valentine's Day. But there is still some stuff left, so you should definitely go and check them out. 
Find them on Instagram or have a look at twosnakestattoo.com. And when everything reopens, you should definitely go and get towed there too. I think they've got waiting lists ready and waiting for mm. people to come back into the shop. So get on that. So my next thing is about a Netflix documentary that I think came on the last couple of weeks called The Disappearance at Cecil Hotel or Cecil Hotel, as they pronounce it. They being Americans. Sorry, that's really rude. <laughs> As there, was printed, a couple, there was a couple from Plymouth. Though. Oh, there was a oh, <laughs> couple from Plymouth. So it's about a disappearance of a girl in 2013 who was seen at the hotel. There's loads of video footage of her there. And then she disappears. And it's like, where's she gone? She didn't appear to leave the hotel. This hotel famously is in Skid Row. And there's a lot of damning stories about the people that have lived there in the past, all of the different horror stories that have happened there. And it's a bit of an interestingly weird story, in as much as it's told from the YouTuber and internet sleuth's perspective quite a lot (laughs) of the times. So you've got the police who are investigating this disappearance, but then you've got all these people on the internet who have decided that there's a conspiracy around this disappearance of this girl, varying from she's a biological weapon carrying TB <laughs> to the police are covering it up because there's some discrepancy in what they said one day to the next. Um, and also there's this video of her in a lift where she looks like she's talking to someone or that she's hiding from someone. But i got to say... And maybe it's because me and Dave are mental health nurses. I didn't see any conspiracy in this whatsoever. Complete spoiler alert, by the way. She's obviously having a psychotic breakdown. Yeah. And I feel like we saw that immediately in like the first like minute of the first episode. I'm not trying to like big us up. I'm just saying. I think I, when the, the YouTubers come on and then they're like, "It's this. She's a biological weapon. She's been sent in to destroy the homeless population of." And I just don't know. It I mean, was a, I bit, th- it was think, a bit ridiculous. I think for us, the telltale signs, the thing is, they are quite subtle. That I think a lot of people, if you've never seen someone who's in the middle of a psychotic episode, yeah, there is certain things that that are more telling, like certain things about her movements and the way that she's... I don't know, really subtle things about the way that she's acting. Yeah. <clears throat> but I think the thing that blew my mind the most was that these fucking internet sleuth people are actually real. Oh, my God. Because it was made in quite an interesting way in as much as obviously it was made quite a long time after all of the events had happened. Yeah. But they told it as if at any... At any point in within the documentary, they were talking as if they were almost at the time that it was being told. Yeah. So even though, you know, the truth came out in the end, these YouTuber um, sleuths were still talking a little bit like all of their conspiracy... They were still wondering about all of their conspiracies. Mm. Um, and they they were just a fucking nuisance, firstly, for the most part. I mean, they were... Because it went viral online, and everyone was just... They were all starting websites about it, and Facebook groups about it, and chatting about it, and, and they were all contacting the police continuously with mm. all of their theories. But most of their theories... And there was one really telling bit where someone was talking about something that he definitely believed in. But what he'd actually done is he'd just looked at various videos on YouTube that were taken within this hotel. And from all of his research into the things that you could find out on YouTube, he found out all of his information there. But he was 100% certain about all of this stuff. And it was obviously like, well, you know, I've got not a great deal of respect for the police, but get get your head out your ass. Like, you're not going to be able to find this stuff out. And then the absolute worst bit, and it was quite interesting because, again, the way it was told was it was slowly unravelling. And it was as if there was some sort of mystery there. 
But it became slightly clear around about the third episode that actually this was more of a documentary about the people that were looking into the case and making up all of their own own ideas, I thought. Mm. And so where that came really clearly was when they basically just started cyberbullying this poor black metal uh, musician from... um, from Mexico, who had yeah. stayed in the hotel a year prior to this girl's disappearance. That's, I mean, that's the worst bit. So this guy called Morbid, very cool. <laughs> He's super um, cool. He, yeah, he happened to have filmed a video of himself at the hotel in February, uh, which is the month that this girl went missing. And just because he paints himself up like a strange-looking death metal man... Uh, he's obviously a and, knob, yeah. Like, and... Well sings about, you know, torture and ritualistic, all these other things. Um, This was YouTube cyber sleuth fodder. Like, Mm. they just grabbed it, started saying, you definitely killed her, you definitely killed her, you did all this. These people that are so certain that the police are fucked up. Mm. And then this guy comes on and he says, I haven't talked about this in seven years. He says, my life is over, I used to make music and I don't make music anymore. And he goes, and one thing that annoys me the most is... That video I put up was of me staying in the hotel a whole year mm. before the disappearance, like 2012, not 2013. So these crazy good like cyber sleuths who have been harassing the police saying, you're rubbish, you're conspiracy, you don't do a good job, could even notice that they picked this video from the completely wrong year, disregard that entirely, harass this man and say, you definitely killed her. And they've never apologised, and this man is well, now he had, like, distraught. The, the Mexican equivalent of the FBI came round to his house. Yeah, and stuff. like they got it really far, and it was just this horrible example of these disgusting bourgeois people yeah. that all got this idea in their head and just were just like obviously didn't understand like black metal, and so they yeah. were looking at all of his music videos, which were of course. Oh, they Absurd were ridiculous, and ridiculous. But good for him. And it was like, you know, one of them, he was chasing someone through the woods and one of them, the lyrics were something like, you know, I'm going to cut you till I bleed or something yeah. stupid. And they were like, well, he's, you know, this is absolute fact. He's definitely obviously killed her and he's yeah. singing a song about her. And it's just like, fuck off. Go and yeah. learn about the world. Go and learn about some sort of like culture that isn't just your own thing that you're getting through YouTube. It really, it, so just to, this is the really big spoiler. Obviously, what actually ended up happening was it just turned out this poor girl had had a psychotic breakdown and had climbed up on the roof, climbed into a big vat of water and basically just drowned in there because you couldn't get out again. Yeah. <clears throat> Which is 100% believable if you've ever known or met anybody who's having a psychotic break. But these people, you know, they just have no idea whatsoever and they just created so much trouble for so many people. But so the point I think, I think I'm right in saying is, well, I suppose you'd need to know, the filmmakers would need to say this or not, but I got the impression very much that that was sort of the point of the thing in the end. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. I think that it was really rounded up. Again, sorry if you haven't watched this, so many spoilers, but it was really rounded up with the police... And the autopsy, the coroner, explaining where all the discrepancies that all the YouTubers had um, decided was a conspiracy theory Mm. and said, yeah, the reason there's a time stamp missing off of the video is because we don't want people to know what time she was in there. Um, There's some details that the public don't need to know. Mm. And again, we're not like massively pro the police at all times, but this kind of documentary was just saying let us do our job, you don't necessarily know all the details. Which is interesting, because most of those documentaries are usually, this is where the police completely fucked up. 
Whereas this one was saying, well, actually, as much as sometimes there's fuck-ups, these people on the internet deciding that they know best based on no facts whatsoever, sitting in an armchair at home, looking at YouTube video, other YouTube videos as evidence. Yeah, or their own, um, like, tiny lives. Like, yeah. You know, I mean, one of these guys decided that he needed, like, absolutely needed to visit the grave of this <laughs> poor girl, <laughs> couldn't go for whatever reason, which is fine, sent a friend there and said, can you please video yourself, like, touching her grave? And it's just like... But then he was talking about that as if yourself. he was like, I had to go to the grave. So oh, yeah, I, got someone to, I got someone to post... Some them going to the grave on YouTube. Yeah. It's like it's like they literally lived via just this one yeah. quite outdated app on their on their phone. It was really weird. It was kind of awful. And they yeah. And the like another thing they hinted at a lot in this was the girl who passed away, who went missing and passed away. She lived her life pretty much through Tumblr mm. and had a lot of input onto Tumblr and a lot of, you know, I feel this way, I felt that way about my mental health and that. And I actually thought, I hope these YouTube internet sleuths who have wasted all their time and destroyed this other dude's life, this morbid guy, mm. I hope they take a little message from... They probably won't, but I hope they're looking at this thinking, you know what, I should probably look after myself because if I'm getting some guy to go film himself touching some girl's grave I've never met, then maybe I need to look at my own well, mental they, health too. Well, I think they also probably need to look after other people that they don't know's mental health exactly. that don't fit into their... Mold. Yeah, exactly. And I think it did say something more about conspiracies generally. It was quite interesting because there was a point in it where there were so many different little um, odd, like odd bits to the story that mm. all seemed completely incredible. And they, and that, yeah, this was the point where some of them were saying, "Oh, there's definitely a ghost in the hotel." Yeah. Some of them were saying that it was because uh, Richard Ramirez, the serial killer, had stayed there in like the seven yeah. years or something. So I think, you know, they brought a lot of that into it. There was so much discrimination against the people who have to live on Skid Row. Yeah. And so we, we've been to Skid Row. We, we went um, to not downtown LA before, yeah, yeah. And, and walked through it a number of times just to get to places, not as kind of like weirdo. Voyeurism. Yeah. Mm. But, um, but you see that, and again, maybe I see it through different eyes because, you know, I just see a bunch of people that, are re- that really need help. Yeah. Just loads of mentally ill people that aren't being given... Um, any help and you would and obviously yeah there's a lot of crime there and yeah it's a it's not a nice place to be but you could just tell by these people's attitudes to the whole thing it was just like oh this poor girl that's walked into the you know the hornet's nest and has been eaten up by skidder it's like fuck you these people and the girl all need help yeah like you cunts don't need help and you're just sitting there on your computers and that's exactly (laughs) it that was another little message wasn't it there was a um there was a guy who was telling the history of Skid Row a bit, and he's probably the only one in the documentary that was somewhat sympathetic. And he was explaining that Skid Row is full of, you know, a homeless community, but it's been created that mm. way. Mm. LA, some years ago, did this clean-up, I think they called it Roundup, and they have police policing Skid Row to stop people getting out. But so that, well, dump... that's a new thing. That's because of gentrification, yeah. the area around it. So it was always, like, the bad bit of LA. But in the last 10 years or so, yeah. it's all been gentrified. Oh, so as a result of that, they've made Skid Row smaller and smaller and they've forced those people into a smaller and smaller area. And what they do is, <clears throat> in America, people who are brought out of prison, people who are brought out of mental health institutions are sent home in a taxi, but they're not sent home. If they've got nowhere to go, mm. the taxi will take them to Skid Row. And now, like they, like, that, like we just said, there's police stopping you leaving. Mm. So 
they've created this structure there like Dave just mentioned is getting smaller and smaller so that the area can become richer and richer but then complaining that this hotel that was in the middle of it all had so much violence and so much yeah. oh there must be something wrong with the hotel How, why does this keep happening it's like well actually you've created yeah, like, you've yeah. created a horrendous place to be that those people have no choice but to be in mm. but yet like if you, actually if you took that away what the hell would those people do I don't know it's a horrible thing anyway that is a long discussion about a documentary we've pretty much told you what happens in it um, if you I, can look past all that definitely go watch it anyway. I, know, I, I mean I think it's worth a watch so I think that's probably enough for now uh, of uh, general news and we should probably go to something a little bit lighter and uh, therefore I think it's probably time for your favourite Norfolk News <laughs> Right. Well, 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 oh my gosh, what <laughs> am I going to find on the internet today? <laughs> I must say, it's been a bit of a quiet couple of weeks, I haven't seen much. Um, what did I see? Saw something about a squirrel that mm. is uh, hoping to make love on Valentine's Day. It's, <laughs> that's past Valentine's Day now. Oh, that's a red squirrel, red squirrel, and um, everyone was hoping he was going to have babies with his missus called Ginger. Ginger. Who knows if that happened? But anyway, we ain't going to dwell on that too much because that was a bit of a... I mean, that's about as long as that story went. And other than that, it was a lot about who's been who's been arrested. That seems to be the news of Norfolk, just lists of people who get arrested. So I thought I'd go back to a little bit of an ongoing story that I noticed last year that's sort of climaxed in January this year, but we'll have to have a, we'll have a look and see what I can find out. The long and short of it is, I'm going to just round up what's on all these uh, articles because I can't bother to read all of them, eh? Because mm-hmm. it's, it's a bit of a long story, this one. Oh, good. So I'll round it up. <laughs> There's a man who has been denying that he's running a Japanese restaurant from his ass. <laughs> I don't know what's happened to my North no, accent. I really fucked that it up. a bit cockney. I know! <laughs> to his ass. To his ass. <laughs> Fuck knows. My mum told me that I actually can't do a Norfolk accent anymore. <laughs> yeah, she did, she so did. screw you, mum, if you're listening. <laughs> oh, she is listening. Don't she is screw. listening. Sorry, we're going to do a shout out to you later, mum. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is it. <laughs> I know. No, we'll do a proper one later. <laughs> so, anyway, a man who denied running a Japanese restaurant from his Norwich home more than a year ago is now selling takeaways and offering the chance to dine in. We can reveal. That's the EDP East and Daily Press. Has done a bit of a intrepid report. Has done a bit of an ongoing uh, investigation into this man. <laughs> so Orlando Williams, he's been running something from his house. There's a lovely sign on his house that says Orlando's. But the problem with this man is he ain't got he ain't got a license to run this restaurant. <laughs> he has not. That's meant to be a B and B. But here you can clearly see that there is that's him in the doorway. There's a menu. People can't see the, the yeah, photos that you're know. looking at, but. Just to describe exactly what that is, it's a man standing outside what look, appears to be a sort of two up, two down, uh, just average suburban house with a massive sign out the front that says Orlando's. I saw Nolan Road right where the normal houses are. He ain't, no, he ain't in a like, line of shops, that's just his house, <laughs> in the middle of all these other houses. And basically, he's been denying it. He's got he's got uh, rights to run a B&B. Right. And obviously you can serve food if you've got, you, you know, people staying in your premises. But what you can't do is have people coming in and just eating and drinking nearly willy. So the council have been told to investigate and they couldn't find any reason to think that there was a restaurant hanging out there. What about the massive so sign on the front? Even though he's got a sign that says 
that he's got a restaurant there. <laughs> Does it have to say restaurant on it? So, <laughs> EDP have been in there, and they did a sneaky sneaky. They said, can we, can we order some food from you? And he said, yeah. And they said, can we dine in? He said, yeah. And they were like, mm, that's a bit odd, isn't it's it? Outrageous. Not really, mate. Be dining in in your B and B if we didn't stay in there. And they put up a picture of this lovely this meal. Look awful, if I'm honest. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know what that what rubbish is. They... Some sort of rice and leaves. Oh, fuck knows. Healthy. So, when the evidence was put to Mr. Williams, who previously run a uh, legitimate restaurant, he said, "I'm not going to say anything. What you did was wrong." Those people getting in there and sneakily buying food. Oh, good. Well, yeah, at least he's got some morals. So then the council have uh, looked into it and they said they can't find any evidence. They can't find any evidence that it's a restaurant. But in January, he got a food rating. <laughs> Four stars. <laughs> Four so, stars? Four stars. He ain't got I mean, five. He must have done something. Yeah, <laughs> I know. That's all a bit hit and miss. I like, I like the idea of this man secretly running a restaurant from his house. It's been years, and he's still getting away with it. And I, uh, I, I had a little uh, discussion with my buddy about this. There's a twist, isn't there, to the story? That's my old geography teacher. <laughs> 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 well, they ain't mine, so that's why I didn't recognise him. That's, uh, that's Mr Williams. Mr Williams, the geography teacher. Mr Williams, teacher. that's my friend uh, Lawrence's uh, geography teacher, <laughs> <laughs> who's left our school and now he's uh, renting out his house as a, as a restaurant, trying him. to sell grub to the public. <laughs> Look at him, cheeky bastard, you can't see his face. No. But um, he's got an illuminated sign on his house and still says it ain't a restaurant. Good boy. Unbelievable. Good boy. He's making his money. He was open in lockdown at some point, I think. That's what it looked like. So much better than being a geography teacher to oh, bra- brats sma- like you and Norfolk. Smashing it. Smashing <laughs> it. Good boy. So, yeah, my geography teacher is running a Japanese restaurant at his house. But he's not allowed. But he's not officially But he's not, not allowed. <laughs> That's not my... To be honest, I thought the story was much more exciting than it's probably sounding. But um, and my accent's completely fucked it this week. So apologies for all that. But if you want to know more, EDP website is quite interesting, even if it doesn't sound it. <laughs> and again, if anybody finds any Norfolk news stories that they want to send in to us, please do. Well, I must say, I, I do have one slightly Norfolk story. I'll add it because that weren't very Norfolk. All right. My buddy sent me a message just shortly a minute ago. And there's a goat in Rocks and Barns that's been named after Selena Gomez. That's Selena Goatmez now. <laughs> She'll be very chuffed with that. Oh, Selena! I don't even really know Selena Gomez. Selena or the goat? The goat. The goat. Goat's the goat chuffed. chuffed yeah. <laughs> so Selena Goatmez. Goatmez. Yeah. We'll there's in Rocks and Barns, we'll and if you if you if you're local to uh, Rocks and Barns, do do go visit sometime. We'll love f- you. We'll try and you. follow her progress on this show. Yeah. We'll have, <laughs> we'll have a look into Goatmez. Yeah, that's my Norfolk Excellent. news. <laughs> Brilliant. That was pretty awful. But yeah, so if you have any, uh, or, or local news from your own area, it doesn't necessarily have to be Norfolk news. That's Siobhan true. Can I can't do, do all sorts of different accents. I can't really even do my Norfolk accent anymore. <laughs> Get in if contact you, with I us. Can, no, or, no, actually, I'm not going to say I can do Welsh accent because I can't. No, you can't. Um, I can do many. Accents, you can't but, do any. Uh, that's neither here nor there. But um, <laughs> yeah, please do email us at shamcityroasters at gmail.com or contact us on Instagram at Breakfast Punks Podcast. Yeah. And I think we should probably play some music now so we're gonna play a brand new song from matilda scoundrels from hastings yeah um it's a song called jousting crowd it's coming out on an upcoming seven inch that's also coming out on tns um and i believe this is the first time you'll hear this 
Yeah. I think they're releasing a video for it, so it depends if we get out first. Well, Matilda's Scandals we'll haven't see. been doing anything for a long while now. Well, it's been yeah. there, what, nearly two years now. <clears throat> well, they were on a break, but then their yeah. break finished, and then we were all in lockdown for a year. So ah. who knows? Who knows what's coming? Wait and see. Well, this has come for now. This is That's coming. Something. There's a new seven inches with, with with two brand new songs on it. Yeah, beautiful. Um, so yes, this is Matilda Scoundrels with Jousting Crowd. Welcome back to Breakfast Punk's podcast. Uh, that was Matilda Scoundrels with Jousting Crowd. Mm. We're now going to do something which may end up being quite experimental. Oh my God. <laughs> I mean, apologies in advance. We were a bit... I mean, lockdown's hard. Lockdown has been we're hard. struggling for our news stories and <laughs> this is the result. So, what we decided to do on this week's episode is get really drunk... And watch all of the Lord of the Rings films, one after the other, after the other. Record and record it. Record ourselves 
between each film or something, we thought we'd sit down and record a bit of the podcast, and then obviously we'd slowly be getting drunker and drunker, and it would make for something funny happening. The problem is, is that what we ended up with was an hour and a half's worth of, oh, God. of relatively polite nonsense at the beginning, and then just absolute carnage at the end. Yeah. So I uh, so. So I'm not really sure how we make this into uh, radio, but we're going to try and see what happens. So the basic gist is, obviously lockdown's boring for everyone, and we thought we would try and do a drinking game, just us, at home, and how we thought we would spice it up or make it, you know, difficult. Or remove all the spice from it. Uh, Yeah, maybe no spice whatsoever. No, just try and make it into some kind of challenge. I mean... I don't know why we thought this was a good idea, but we did, <laughs> was how can we play a drinking game along to a film? We can make it more difficult if it was a trilogy. Let's look at some famous trilogies <laughs> that we could watch in order and try and play a drinking game throughout it. Also, I think we decided that it needed to be a bit of a challenge. Yes. So, so it had to be films that we didn't really want to watch. Well, I guess, yeah, I guess the point of this is basically Dave really never wanted to watch Lord of the Rings. <laughs> I semi-kind of, I mean, I regret it now, but I did kind of want to rewatch it. I watched it once, a um, long time ago, and so I thought, yeah, that'll be all right. And we thought it'd be really good because it is really long, so the challenge is, not only is it really not that fun to watch those films necessarily, it's really long, it's pro- like... We accidentally ended up watching the extended versions what, because what? we don't own them on DVD, so we did have to try and find them on the internet. And annoyingly, all of the original ones on the internet have been replaced with the extended versions. So what I was, so I was, was promised nine hours. hours, and I already thought that was a challenge enough. Yeah. But what I received was... About 12 hours. Yeah. Just under, I think. But. Which is an extraordinarily long time, obviously. Especially when... I'm not being funny. Nothing really... Like... Uh, the films are... Nothing really happens. <laughs> Rubbish. Like it does, obviously stuff happens, but nothing that couldn't have happened in three hours total, let alone 12 hours. Well, maybe we should cover our... So you had you seen... You'd seen all the Lord of the Rings? I'd So years after they came out, I didn't watch them when they first came out. I thought that it sounded awful. So many people were obsessed with it, learning this stupid elvish language and all this other crap. And I just thought, no, that is definitely not anything I people, want to... People learning the Elvish language. Someone at my... Sc- I, it's in our drunk conversation somewhere, but someone <laughs> at my school did a presentation about it once to us when we were in, I don't know, year seven or eight. And it was just painful. But anyway, so many years later, I think Channel 4 put all three of them on in a row a few times. And I ended up catching a bit of the last one from the point at which it seemed relatively interesting. Obviously, I had no idea what was going on. But I thought, oh, actually, that wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. Maybe I should watch all three when they roll round. I think I did. And I thought I remembered thinking they were okay. So I, when we talked about doing this, thought, yeah, that sounds all right. I quite would happily watch those films again. Whereas Dave, so anti it. Well, I'd seen, so I went to see the first one at the cinema. And it was a really shit old cinema. And uh, it was totally packed. And the only chairs that were there were in the front row. (laughs) So... It was so, it was one of those really shit cinemas where you're literally about two foot away from the screen, and it's quite a big screen. So, and so much happens, or maybe probably in comparison to films that are made in you know this year, mm. maybe this isn't the case. But definitely in comparison to most films I'd ever watched in two thousand and one or whatever, there was a lot of CGI bullshit and <laughs> and you know things moving around a lot, and it just gave me a terrible headache. And it was you know two and a half hours long. I hate. Sword and sorcery films. 
and things generally really i can't think of a single we watched game of thrones and i i could sort of put up with it for a bit yeah. but it got but it got really it got like chinese water torture after a little while <laughs> and like and so this it just really 100 percent isn't for me I dislike most of the, it turns out I really dislike almost all of the actors in this. I didn't realize quite how much <laughs> yeah, we'll until I listened back to uh, <laughs> to myself um discussing them one by one. You got after. a lot of hate. You got a lot of hate Dave, <laughs> for these people. Um um and it was there's just something so twee and bullshit about it. I find it hard to put into words exactly what it is that I really don't like I think about it. But it's, the second pan pipe started, you, I could see your heckles. Which is within four seconds of the fucking yeah. thing starting. And, and I, I don't know, because you said that you thought that some of this was added for the extended version, but the first hour of this version of the film yeah, that we watched painful. was all in this fucking Hobbit village. And yeah. every everything is so twee, and everything's so overly like emotive and... Just crap, just crap, just utter crap. And it, so, I mean, that didn't, it doesn't, you know, an hour of that at the beginning when you're looking forward to 12 hours worth of thing and on, you know, add on to that that you're, you're drinking. Mm. And I think as also with the drinking game that we played, which we should probably say the rules of, yeah, um, it, most of these things happen loads in the first half an hour or so. So we were pretty much, we were pretty much half cut by about half, you know, yeah. an hour in probably. Um, so here are our rules. Uh, you had to drink every time there was a close-up of the ring. Which is a lot. Every time someone smokes a pipe. Which is a lot. Or smokes in general. Uh, <laughs> when a hobbit eats. That happens a lot at the start. When an elf plays music. That never happened once. I don't remember that ever. I don't know really. what the fuck that's in there for. Yeah. Unless, I mean, it might have happened. We, we probably we, missed The it. drinking game definitely went out the window about halfway through. Um, every time he's, um, he, being Gollum, says, my precious. Which doesn't happen as much as I thought. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't. Um, every time someone takes out a sword, and we change that also to get a weapon out. We, mm, oh. um, we must have been. I don't remember. Didn't I don't that. know. <laughs> and then they were the only rules we had for a bit, and we thought that'll that'll do us. And it completely fucked us up for the first half hour because all those things happen all the time. And I think we drank all our beers within about an hour. <laughs> um, but by the second film, we were struggling with these rules, so we added three more, which is every time you see the eye in the sky, eye of Sauron. Mm, who knows. Um, I've put Frodo's sex face. Oh, you said that one of the drinking <laughs> games said that whenever he pulled a certain face and you couldn't describe what it was, I think. Well, someone in you... the rules, someone in their made-up rules had described it as, no. like, some kind of sexual pleasure face, which is basically every time he's being, con- like, taken over by the evil forces or by the desire to get near the ring. I don't know. The ring. Get near the ring. Yeah, anyway. yeah, yeah. You um, made that joke a lot. I know. Well, <laughs> and then um, there was another one that was picked up in another game, which we never actually used because I think we were too drunk by this point, which was every time Frodo complains about his burden or his journey because so, that was in a lot of people's rules yeah. but um, again by the time we wrote that down um, I can see by my writing that I was probably quite drunk but I don't know I don't know I'm not sure I mean it definitely did the trick it definitely ended up doing the trick but I did, there is there's quite a lot of uh, sections of um, our drunken conversation in which we screaming at the TV asking them to do you know to eat or to, <laughs> to yeah, do something please that will make do us something. drink but yeah, many regrets in the first half hour. The other uh, vague rule that we had for ourselves was we had a different drink per film. Mm-hmm. So first film, beers. Second film, hard seltzers. Get on it if you don't already know what they are. Hard mics. It's like fizzy, fizzy flavoured water. Mm. Alcoholic. What? Amazing. And then the third film was tequila. With so, a little hat. 
with a little hurt. <laughs> uh, and yeah, I was kind of dreading the third film by the time we started this. It turned out you didn't have to because you slept through. Yeah, I pretty much didn't make it to there. We'll get there in a little while. So, and I suppose in simple terms, the, it, it pretty much worked exactly as you would expect it to work. The first film, the recordings that we took are sort of, you know, we're tipsy, but they're kind of sensible and kind of about the film. And then by the second film, we start to really um, go into some quite deep philosophical um, discussions about how to make people read books instead of watching films. It's just all awful, really. <laughs> um, so one thing that I learned is that turns out when I'm drunk, I really like Vigo Mortensen. I can't, I can't really notice that I've ever mentioned him in my life before, <laughs> before this day. So I think Dave was a bit like, okay, <laughs> what the fuck? It definitely um, came out of left field a little bit, but um, it was something you just went back to so much. It was incredible, really. It would be like we'd try and, we'd try and have a conversation about anything else. But, I mean, in fairness, I wasn't much better um, because I kept bringing up how much I hated the boy from the Goonies. And You hate him so <laughs> much. And I, and I thought... When we picked this, I was like, this is going to be the redeeming feature. Dave, Dave likes the Goonies. I do like the Goonies. He likes, that, he likes that guy from the Goonies, Sean Astin. He liked it when he was in Stranger Things. I don't know what else he's in, to be honest. But I was like, yeah, no, this will be a redeeming feature. And it was not. I think it was just because he was the Hobbit. So the problem is he started off so badly. Because like I say, the first hour of the one that we watched is so bad. And it's all just those Hobbits. And so all four of them, to be honest with you. And I like Elijah Wood as an actor. I don't like the other two at all. Yeah, I've yeah. never seen them in anything else, but I, but I just thought all four of them were the. I mean, I suppose they're the ones you're supposed to be emotionally tied up with, I guess. But I fucking hated them. You hated them from the beginning so much. I mean, and there's I, many examples of your hate. <laughs> there is, but yeah. Uh, so that was so. So you're, you you obsessed over Vigo Mortensen a lot. And uh, there was a there's a great deal of our conversation was based around a, a glass jaw video. I don't know if you want to give a little bit of explanation as to. I don't know how much I explained it when I was drunk, and how much I'm going to need to explain now. So you didn't explain. I'll it well. explain. I'll explain it better now, and maybe drunk me will back it up with whatever <laughs> she said. But basically, at some point, I try and describe to Dave why I like Vigo Mortensen, other than his absolute amazingness which apparently I lusted after when I was very drunk but we talk about the back of his ball bag a lot yeah but that's got nothing to do with what we actually think God knows where that actually came from it's not specifically his ball bag I don't know why we talk about no, ball bags no I think it started off about the back no it was not ball bags the back of his ball bag but no it didn't start out as his God knows who that started out as <laughs> I landed some facts on Dave during our viewing of these films and was like Dave Vigo Mortensen is really cool he was in a Glassjaw video not that Glassjaw are very cool may I just add and Dave's like yeah really and I was like yeah and he's in Cosmopolitan Blood Loss that's what I mean that's why I really like him he must have done it around the same time as this film it's crazy isn't it how did they get him in that music video and I've always believed that he was in that music video and it's been <laughs> one of my like yeah that's really cool I really like Vigo Mortensen and he's really hot in that video as well and whilst drunk thought I'd just google because Dave couldn't you, believe it. Well, you would know. You Dave googled it to prove me wrong. I don't think I'd even said that. No, I you didn't. Did. You said but, it's, uh, he would have been filming this film. So how did he film this film and then get in a Glassjaw video? That's really they must have paid some money to get the main guy from Lord of the Rings in the music video. And I was like, yeah, that is weird, isn't it? I'll just look it up. 
Yeah, and it turns out my entire <laughs> life is a lie, and it's some other guy called Vincent Gallo. Gallo. It's not just some other guy; it's, it's a much better is. actor from Aww. much better things. So it's Vincent Gallo who's in the music video for Cosmopolitan Blood Loss, and not Viggo Mortensen. But it doesn't stop my love for him. It, <laughs> no, it, in fact, it definitely I think didn't. it just continued. It, it, it got deeper and deeper as we as we went on. It's very strange. I don't know a thing about Viggo Mortensen. I just think <laughs> I really liked him on that night. <laughs> So. He's actually a really good actor. He's some of a lot of the films he's done as like as an older person. More recently, yeah, he did a couple of David Cronen or at least one David Cronenberg film. He did. He's in a history of violence, isn't he? And isn't he yeah. Russian? The one about the Russian mobster guy. Can't I don't know, but he's called. in the road. We watched the road. I've he's never watched that. the road. We had this conversation. Oh, not the road. We what did we watch? No, not on the road. On the road. On the road. Not yeah, the road. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he's in on the road, and he's yeah. good in that. But, but yeah, um, Tenzin. Dave has a problem with Liv Tyler's face and out. also the man from The Matrix's face. I can't remember his name. Yeah, uh, no, I don't know what his name is either. Just the, We don't refer to him by name. We just keep calling him the man from The Matrix, I think. Uh, but yeah, I don't know why. I just decided that she looked like a pudding and he looked like a um, biscuit. <laughs> God. And if we haven't mentioned it already... There's generally, I mean, Dave's pretty clear about his dislike from this film from the beginning. Mm. And as we get more drunk, it turns out, Siobhan, me? Drunk Siobhan agree, talk- agree with me only on the fact that Lord of the Rings was shit. Everything else, she did not agree Every- with me about. But <laughs> yeah. as, uh, as we will show proof of in a bit. Um, yeah, Junk Siobhan does not like Lord of the Rings either. I mean, I just don't get it at all. I don't get it. I don't understand why anybody could possibly enjoy it. And I know a lot of people that do enjoy it, and I have respect for their opinions. So I wouldn't be surprised if I'm wrong about this in some way, but I can't imagine how, having just sat through the whole thing. It was just torturous. (laughs) Everything about it, the pace, it's so slow. Uh, There's so much, the music is shit. The, um, The acting is all completely over the top. Um... The CGI it was probably good for the time and is fine, but is it overused and yeah. just not very good? I don't understand why anybody is interested in this Dungeons and Dragons horseshoe. <laughs> I mean, we play Magic the Gathering, and That's so far I suppose. Worse. But the but I don't really nerdery. enjoy. It's totally worse nerdery, but I don't necessarily enjoy looking at the orcs. I just like playing the game. The game's fun. I suppose, but I can't. But that's the only bit of I can't think of anything else that that I like. Beastmaster two, but then he comes into modern day Los Angeles and starts smashing up, uh, smashing up all the shops. (laughs) I think I can see I can see why people like it to some level, and I I mean I didn't think I was going to dislike it, but again, it turns out I really didn't like it. About three drinks in, anyway. So, who knows? And we did end up with the extended versions. That first film yeah, ends up being four yeah. hours long, and I yeah. swear to God, nothing happens. Equally, it's hard to know whether anything did happen or not, because we were very drunk. Well, yeah, I, I don't think we can fully judge. I mean, I, we definitely weren't enjoying it at the time. Uh, we can't probably fully judge anything past the first film, because I think we were battered, really, by then. So, no, we didn't enjoy the film a great deal. <laughs> the I did enjoy the drinking game, element. But the drink, the drinking game was fun. It was you, harder so, than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> uh, we, were, we were pretty much half cut from the first film. The second film, we were really doing some... Getting into some deep philosophical points. <laughs> some about the back of people's ball bags. Something about biscuits. <laughs> something about biscuits. Lots of different things. We did have a long discussion about biscuits. Um, and then, round about the start of the third film... <laughs> We were absolutely twatted. 
Mm. Um, and so I think we and so probably the, important to say Siobhan got the hiccups they didn't go away and then the hiccups no, played, fucked me up the hiccups it played a, me mu- up. a much bigger role sabotage in, in the drinking game than they probably should have yeah and so I think we're just going to leave me you out. <laughs> we're going to leave you with a medley of um, drunken drunken bullshit and then we'll be back we'll be back with you in a minute Oh, he fell off the. Oh, the wizard. Well, the, wiz- the wizard Gandalf. Gandalf, who's famously in Lord of the Rings. So, well, this is Lord of the Rings. That goonie is a fucking prick. His um, drinking pouch looks like a lovely bollock. <laughs> bollock pouch. Sorry, he's got cheese wrapped in a leaf. If he eats it, we're gonna have to drink. So just oh, bear Christ, with it. I need these hiccups to fuck off. Just drink it upside down and they'll go away. How long do you think it took uh, the Goonie, clearly an American, to learn how to say tasers? Vigo is not a person's name. I think it's his name, so it is. No, bullshit. He's probably called Bruce Johnson. With a real normal job and a normal house and a lounge. He probably does have a mortgage. He definitely gets an electricity bill that he has to deal with every now and again. Rich people have electricity bills. That yeah, fills I mean, me with such joy. You can probably but employ someone. But they probably someone. never deal with it. Someone deals with it. Well, so. it depends, doesn't it? Would you? you only, he's only got a set up a direct debit. Just speak to EDF, Vigo Matenz. No, that's a nightmare. Actually, I'd employ someone to do that. But <laughs> Liv Tyler's face looks like a pudding. So I didn't have... Any sexual reason to watch this film when I well, was a teenager? No, I'll tell you what. Oh, Vigo, I wasn't a teenager no, when it came out. My Vigo Mortensen was in the glass jaw video. That's the only reason I know who what? he is. Yeah. And that bad. man from the Matrix face is. He's bad. He, he looks like a little biscuit, too. The internet probably had as a fact that Vigo Mortensen was in that video. No, Vigo Mortensen's in this. Uh, yeah, but that's not Vincent Gallo. Oh, shit, yeah. So it turns out, as a, is... as a teenager, I, I've lusted after Vincent Gallo and never figured it out until now. Can I just say, I lusted after 12 hours of my life not going to watch in the fucking Lord of the Rings trilogy. All that's happened in this film is I've learned about Vigo Matelli. <laughs> I think it's still Gollum's penis. I know, uh, what was the other? I saw someone's ball bag earlier, I think. I think I did see someone's ball bag earlier. What was the one that had the hangy down thing? They went over, under the the camera went from behind and you saw some <laughs> hangy down thing. <laughs> you could look at anyone's ball bag for an hour if you read for an hour. Maybe that's how we should arrange society. If you you want have to read for three hours before you're allowed to look on porn. You want to look at that ball bag, but you are not allowed until you've, until read. you've read three hours worth of fiction. Deirdre down the road had sex with an alien and then had sex with my husband. I just think we should be tickling. Let's tickle brain bags, <laughs> not tickle ball bags. <laughs> my ball bag is empty. <sighs> <laughs> Tell me how you feel uh, about this. <laughs> Regan Matesen! Uh, no, he's not in it. Oh. Vince Gallo! Fuck! What? Oh! You! I'm just. Please! Trying to help! No, you're not helping me at all! Well, have you got hiccups? Uh, oh, you do have hiccups. I've got them worse than ever! <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> I thought that was going to work. I thought it was. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. You've stopped playing the drinking game. You've missed a, two rings. <laughs> one so, one precious. Finish? No, you can fit. I'm just telling you what you missed. <laughs> For fuck's sake. <laughs> Look at all of these elves. They're all drinking without getting hiccups. Just, I need quite silence. <laughs> you don't need so much silence when I help. You shut the fuck up. Mm, it's gone downhill. Look at Vincent Gallo. <laughs> <laughs> that pudding faced girl that's flirting And her dad. <laughs> Coming in, <laughs> <laughs> bringing his pudding face. Listen here, Vincent Gallo, and you be taking my pudding face daughter away from me. <laughs> you need to ask me. All right, mission. Vincent Mortensen. No, not Vincent Mortensen. No, you've mixed the two together. You've merged them. You've merged both ball bells. Oh, look at them dance for pleasure. No, you have to do you. one. Let me get voice. used to looking in your eyes. <sighs> looking in my ass. <laughs> you don't want to do that. I'm trying. You're laying trying. down. You're not fucking, even doing it. Fucking shut up! I'm trying to get used to your face. Uh, why do you have to get used to my face? Surely the one you see the most. We've been in lockdown for a year. <laughs> <laughs> no, <it was. laughs> All right, you're a used. No, you're, no, you're a lost it. cause. <laughs> I think you can do it, I believe in you. I don't believe in shit anymore. <laughs> uh, you are ruining every good How am I ruining it by talking about the film? Take a drink, it's the drink that's what a drinking game is. Not just doing what you want. <laughs> I'm trying to get really up. I keep drinking. Well, drink and that will get rid of your hiccups. Do it upside down, though. Do it upside down and then it will get rid of them. Where are you going? Upside down! Oh, all right. See you in the upside down. I see you in the upside down. That's No, that's the right way up, but you've just made a fucking meal of it. Just, just drinking with your head upside down is not the same as being in the upside down. <laughs> You're missing all of this brilliant film. <laughs> These little pricks, the ones that we hate the most, and the dwarf. I'm drinking in the upside down! Is, they're getting a talking to by um, Christopher Lee's friend. What's his, what's his name? What did, you, did you just pop again? We got that one on tape. Vincent Gallo is listening to him too. You're missing the film. You're missing the film. Christ. <laughs> Pardon? Pardon? <laughs> what are you talking about? What? It's not even funny. What are you trying to say? I put my head in the chicken nuggets. You put your head in the chicken nuggets. <laughs> Well, that is funny. That would be funny if it hadn't taken so long. <laughs> How did you manage to do that and maintain hiccups? I was upside down for all of that. I haven't drank any of our between film drinks. Mm. It's probably for the best. 
god, my no. life is an embarrassment. <laughs> that was our experimental oh, attempt at god. making a podcast. Apologies that there's <laughs> lack of content this week. We'll uh, we'll do better in the future. But if you want to do that, we'll post some vague rules. No, we won't. Just have a nice time. <laughs> oh, oh. I, no, no, please play Lord of the Tins. Yeah, and Let send us, us send us you know a picture of yourself after the send us your podcast. And we're all in lockdown. You've got nothing else to do. Exactly. So do it. Just don't get the hiccups. Oh god. We need lockdown to end so we don't do this anymore. <laughs> right. Let's move on. Let's move on. <clears throat> so let's play a song now. This is a band called The Red Stains. They're quite a new band. They're from Manchester. And this song's called Freeze Jesus. It was out at the end of 2020 and it was released on Bandcamp so you can go and find it there. So yeah, Red Stains with Freeze Jesus. On a sec, splattered Sunday streets. Handing out apocalyptic leaflets Well the jokes on you cause I've seen Jesus he was buying chicken nuggets at a nice flat freezer Freeze 
welcome back to Breakfast Balance Podcast. Thanks for listening so far. <laughs> I, bet you, I bet you've turned off. Yeah, now. I know. We're regrets. Regrets. I know what we're doing. Anyway, so this is the bit of our podcast where we review some sweet, sweet trash. And action. Take your left. Rolling. So our trashy film that we watched this week is Sudden Death from 1995 with the lovely Jean-Claude Van Damme. 911 emergency services. I'm calling you from the Civic Arena. The vice president is being held hostage in the owner's box. And they've got my daughter too. What is your objective? One billion seven hundred million dollars. We're still evaluating the situation. They want money. A lot of it. Give it to them. Do not try any kind of rescue. Do you understand me? If you're not going to pay, say so. I'll get my daughter. When the game ends, everyone in this box and in this arena will die by explosion, fire, and panic. Cool. What a treat this film was. It was a treat. It was actually a treat. Better than Lord of the fucking Rings. I mean, we ended up picking it because we watched an episode of The Office where Michael Scott, which is Steve Carell's character, um, plays a film that he's made. Can't remember what theirs is oh, called. Shit, what's it called? And it's yeah. basically loosely based on this film. It looks like, and they don't explicit. They yeah. don't explicitly say it, but. Dave then suggested watching this film, and it turns out the storyline is exactly the same. Mm. So let me just let you know what that storyline is. Darren McCord, who's played by Jean-Claude Van Damme, takes his two kids to a Pittsburgh Penguins National Hockey League playoff game, unknowing that the sports arena has been taken over by terrorists who are holding the Vice President of the United States, as well as many other high-ranking officials, hostage. Darren later becomes the only one who is aware of the situation, what what shock? John Claude's the only one who knows. But he's a fireman. Of course, he's going to know. What's oh yeah, he's an ex-fireman. There's a whole storyline <laughs> there. And the stakes are raised when the terrorists announce that they will blow up the building at the end of the game. Therefore, Darren must not only subdue the terrorists but postpone the game and send it to overtime or sudden death. They didn't say that bit, yeah. but I added that. No, that's really good. Because it's it's, well, it's, it's it's interesting <laughs> that it actually says that in the synopsis because. The whole thing where it goes to sudden death, which I suppose maybe you're supposed to presume because the film is called that. Yeah, that's but the I don't shock know, at the end, isn't I, it? Yeah, I don't really know ice hockey, so I didn't know there was such a thing as sudden overtime. Death. So what happens is the team scores uh, a point yeah. at the very end, like in the last dime. And sends seconds. it to like 3-3. Three, three. Yeah, and so as a result they go to sudden death, which means, and the sorry, the uh, terrorists have basically said, obviously, that they're going to kill everyone if... By the end of the, the game. game. And so it gives him more time. But that's never really made that clear. No. It just happens. You know? Yeah. Anyway, I mean, there's a lot, a lot of things. That just isn't very clear. Yeah, a lot of things don't make sense. I remember one thing that um, happens is... So there's the terrorists that have taken all these hostages. And they announce that they're going to kill a hostage at the end of each quarter mm. if the money they've requested isn't fun, like put into their account. And so they're checking their accounts. And they really do just kill some people. Yeah. I remember being a bit like, oh shit, they are they are really murdering these people. Well, they're not really murdering. It's well, first, <laughs> but... <laughs> <Fuck off. laughs> but yeah, um, the, the bad guy, the main bad guy is Powers Booth, who's Powers in loads, Booth. loads of films. And I think as an older man, he's in lots of, I feel like he might have been in one of the more recent Quentin Tarantino films, maybe. maybe I don't know. He, he's definitely, or maybe one of those Coen Brothers cowboy films. But 
He's really cool. He's got a really sort of good presence and he's quite a good evil person. Strong name. Yeah. Really strong name. That's I didn't know name. who he I was otherwise. I don't know otherwise. if it's real or not. <laughs> um, but yeah, this film's directed by a guy called Peter Hyams who's done quite a lot of other films but most importantly he did another Jean-Claude um, film called Time Cop which is Oh, that was a nice to watch. Yeah. yeah, we need to watch Time Cop at some point. Um, <clears throat> so I've got a bit of a history with Jean-Claude Van Damme. <laughs> You've got some beef with Jean-Claude. No, 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 no beef. Uh, so he, um, for some reason, some point in the kind of probably, I don't know when, about 20 years ago, um, when VHSs, you could still get VHSs from charity shops and boot fairs and stuff, yeah. I made a decision that I was going to buy and own every single Jean-Claude Van Damme film. Mm. And, Even um, the one where he dances? Oh, particularly the one where he danced. I think I might have already had that one. Yeah. <laughs> and so, um, and I did. I bought them all. You and I watched them all. Did you? And you know what? He's They're all right. Them. They're not yeah. bad. I like them. I think this is probably the pinnacle of Jean-Claude's um, career, really. Well, that's what, it, I mean, some of these reviews are saying that at the time, not critically revered, mm. but in like hindsight, people are saying this is probably his better film. Well, it's interesting if you read his like Wikipedia page or whatever. Every single film says the same thing. Oh. It, says, it says really successful at the box office, but like critically panned. Like every single one, and I'm not really surprised. But well, that's that, a sign of a good schlocky action man, right? Oh, totally. And he is the best. And he's my. Fa- man. I was about to say, I don't care for like Sylvester Stallone. I don't care for. Actually, I love Arnold Schwarzenegger, yeah. so forget that. I feel like Arnold's but... on a on a much bigger... Both of them are bigger than... Like, Van Damme was a run down from those two. Yeah, well, maybe not at this point, though. At this point, he was probably on the cusp of being the next he big star. He's a bit wonderful, isn't he? It's all of... I know that he's, like, stuntman galore and whatever, but there's some scenes where he's in the roof and they're, like, doing all these jumps and things over the, the open arena and it looks... Oh, God, it, my stomach it, went a lot. Yeah. That was a bit horrible to watch. But good for him, because no doubt he was doing all that. Well, it was also... Because the very end of this film, it's not too... Well, it's a bit of a spoiler, I suppose, but it doesn't really spoil anything that much. Um, he... The the, the, helico- the helicopter comes through... So the arena of the ice skating rink has got a massive um, oval dome on it. And so Jean-Claude goes up to the top and starts fucking around up there and opening it up, and he's having fights with people, and they're all hanging over the edge, and mm. it's so high. The, the camera work, I don't know if it's good or it's just... What they were doing was insane, insanely dangerous, <laughs> but it is horrible. It's almost un, I, I'm not that frightened of heights, but it just totally made all my legs go wobbly. Got and the weird. willies. <laughs> um, and then yeah, this massive, and this is why I think like the budget must have been pretty big because a real fuck like fuck off helicopter just comes through the roof, yeah. and lands on the thing. It is a bit. And I think if you read about this film, I think it's something like the person that owned the hockey team, who's obviously presumably a multi-millionaire. Yeah. Paid for the thing to be made. Oh, really? And I think it was that his daughter, or his daughter, I think, had written the script. So she wrote a script. His daughter had written this script about somebody having a terrorism in... Having a terrorism. <laughs> in a hockey stadium. Yeah. And this guy obviously was really rich and just gave them the money to make it. So fuck it, I make think. my daughter's film. Yeah, exactly. And so oh, I'm glad nice. they did. But I will say the story isn't... It's not a well-told film. It's, it, no. you, it doesn't need to be because it's just, like totally a, just a, a well, obviously a, a brainless action movie. There's, there's definitely some strange choices. Like right at the beginning, right near the beginning, you've got Jean Claude. He's at the place because he's an ex fireman who has a history where he wasn't able to save some girl from a fire, and you see that. 
kind of right near the beginning and mm. you think that that's going to go somewhere I swear to god that's never mentioned again so he's got this like history where he's this fireman who you know has this past that he and he's probably going to have some shortcomings in the future because of this they don't really mention that too often other than his kids think less of him his I think son's every, kind of a brat isn't he yeah the son's like the, the girl his daughter calls her dad a fireman a lot and he's like nah he's not a fireman anymore mm. that's pretty much as much as that backstory ever gets mentioned so anyway he's now working as a fire alarm tester in the arena <laughs> that's <laughs> the only reason he's there really. so somehow he gets involved with knowing that there's a terrorist plot and somehow gets on the phone to one of the police investigators called Hallmark who <laughs> says oh don't worry about it don't deal with anything, we'll deal with it. I don't know why they end up getting in conversation. He goes, no, I'm going to go around and find all the bombs. Successfully finds loads of these bombs, fuck knows how. Oh, he's only got about half. He's, oh, yeah, he draws his own map and then he just goes and finds That's them. That's it. He says, oh, I think this is where they'd be. <laughs> because and there a, they because are. he's a fire inspector, so exactly. he knows where the places that Jean-Claude someone knows where the terrorists are putting bombs. <laughs> Later not. But then within... This is all happening really early in the film. And so basically the next time that that police officer appears, turns out he's a bad guy. Yeah. He just says, actually, I'm working with the terrorists. And Jean-Claude kills him. But and he's a, done. It's even more confusing <laughs> than that because initially he says, so one of the baddies is about to kill Jean-Claude. Yeah. And this guy kills the baddie. Yes, he's his mate, that's it. And then he turns on him and then he threatens to kill that's him. And he said, why the fuck did you kill your friend? Yeah, it makes no sense Just let sense him whatsoever. kill Jean-Claude and then you'd have, it would have all been sorted. But Jean-Claude sorts that storyline out for us because I think he kills that police officer quite quickly. Yeah, he does. Yeah, yeah there's so not it's really, done. There's no, like, No explanation tenets. as think, to why that happened. There's, there's a really, like, annoying, sort of slightly too sweet story about the son who oh. he leaves in the stadium and he tells him not to leave his chair even until his dad comes back and the ki- the kid's kind of got an attitude and he says like even if the walls are crumbling yeah, down <laughs> which of course you. they do <laughs> <laughs> but at one point the I think it's that guy the, um, the police officer that turns out to be a bad guy yeah. comes and tries to like make the son leave his chair and at this point the game's still going on so there's just massive crowd and like the, the kid totally refuses and it's like the bad guy could easily have just grabbed him and yeah. walked him off away yeah, he's just like exactly. a little kid but anyway he doesn't he leaves him there but at the end, there's kind of this weird bit whereby, more or less, Jean-Claude just kind of finds his daughter, who's ended up being kidnapped as well, and then finds his son. There's not really that much of an emotional kind of base to it all, but they just start playing this really over-the-top, like, music. This really beautiful, like, almost pam- almost Lord of the Rings-esque music. Well... To say, look, they're all back in love now and everything's fine. I, I actually remember the really sickly bit that you... There's two bits. There's a bit where he goes to find him. There's a way worse sickly bit beforehand, which is so stupid. They've got this weird hand signal that they do to each other, oh, which God. is, I, they say, I love you, but it's via, like... They point at themselves, yeah. do a cross over their heart, and then point at the person. And they do it earlier in the film to each other, the son and the um, and John Claude. Somehow goes out onto the ice rink in the mascot's outfit. <laughs> oh yeah, he plays and score, for a bit. He might even score no, the goal that takes the goal. them he's to. The, he's the goalkeeper, so he that's saves it. The, he, he goes, he goes goal, out, and he and he saves a goal. <laughs> Fuck knows how or why. Dressed as is he dressed as a mascot? No, he's he's just got he's just got all the gear on the ice hockey. Yeah, gear. no, one of the baddies dresses as a mascot. And he has a he has a fight with him. Oh, he has yeah. a karate fight with him. So Jean Claude goes out, saves a goal, saves the game, 
And then he turns to where his son is in the audience and does this weird hand signal Ugh. that means I love you. And the son's like, <gasps> and then there's more like disgusting music. And you just think, what the living fuck? This yeah. film is so awful. Slash. Brilliant. Really good. Yeah, I actually enjoyed it. I mean, it's, so it's much. just one of those things. You have to completely turn your brain off for it, which is unsurprising for any film that we've ever talked about on here. And. You can't get you can't get better. Really. Do you know it's nearly two hours long and it did not no, feel it? Uh, no, yeah, I, I noticed that when we turned yeah. it off. It's mad, isn't it? It's, it's like, a real it's a real romp. <laughs> it's a proper like just schlocky action. Watch it on a sun. Watch it anytime. I just yeah. loved it. I but, thought it was actually all right. I mean, I think all of his films from this kind of period because he's. I feel like so these films obviously all came out in the cinema. They were like proper releases. Yeah. And at some point, and I, I think after this, he probably would have made like I know Time Cops after this. I think like Street Fighter. Was kind of like his big big film after this, and he was obviously on the cusp. You know, his films were like he was a he was a box office star kind of yeah. thing. And then at some point, he became much more of like a straight to video type of thing. And then he seemed to only be in films where he played his own brother. There was a lot. Of, <laughs> there was a lot of films where he played more than one part. Oh or yeah, like a, double if, impact. Yeah, but there's that? more than oh, that. Yeah. There's like, or he plays like a different version of himself from the future or something. He seems to do that an awful lot. But yeah, is there's some really good stuff. Um, from this from this era of Jean Claude, I think I really yeah. I just like watching him. I think he's got a real sort of charisma on screen. It's an unusual charisma. He's like, <laughs> I mean, he doesn't really, you know, the line. I don't know. He's broken English. He doesn't make for like particularly good line delivery or anything like that. But there's some. He's a bit like Arnie in that respect. Well, that's there's what I was going to say. There's kind of some. There's something about him that he just sort of lights up the screen a little bit when he's on it. I feel yeah. Like. No, I really, I really enjoyed it. <clears throat> there's absolutely no good. Um, lines to report there's no the script is is not good no but i have got a couple of facts that i found out about jean claude that have nothing to do with this film but i just thought were quite interesting good stuff in 1997 there's a martial artist who claimed that van damme really wasn't actually very good at karate <gasps> and he took him to court what <laughs> and then basically and then pretty much the end of the story is that it was found out that jean claude really was very good at karate <laughs> <laughs> Legally proven that, <laughs> that good is, There's not really any more than that about oh, story. Oh, well, I'm glad he came up good. But no, my How dare that wanker? One, on Wikipedia, there is, a, there is a main title to a part of his page, which is just the Steven Seagal incident. <gasps> Fucking great. Actor Silver... This is such a mixture of so many nonsense people. In 2008, actor Sylvester Stallone declared to the British magazine FHM, so you know it's classy. Oh, yeah. good stuff. At a party in my home in Miami in 1997, Van Damme was tired of Steven Seagal claiming he could kick his ass, so he offered Seagal outside into my backyard. But Steven Seagal made his excuses and left. Van Damme wasn't putting up with any of this. He tracked him down to a nightclub and challenged him again. And Stallone finished by saying Van Damme was too strong. Seagal wanted none of it. <laughs> I just really like that story. Fucking brilliant. Just three completely insane men what? with lots of muscles doing some nonsense in 1997. Can you imagine? Just wonderful. I'd love to have seen just that kind of weird squaring up to each other nonsense. Well, if they did, yeah, I don't if, know. If, if at all. Steve was a well, he ran. He didn't want, he wanted none of he it. He wanted none of it. You would think he would want too it. strong. Too strong. Well, he was definitely strong in the acting department of this film. <laughs> yeah, he was. Um, and yeah, I thought this film was brilliant. So what would you give it out of 10? Um, well, okay. It was brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, it's not the best film, but it's definitely a good... Just mindless nonsense to watch, easy to watch, no real good story. Suspense when it needed to be suspense, but not very good suspense. Um, better than Armageddon, not as good as Is this Independence somewhere? Day. Oh, Just right, other okay. shit films of that time. All right. 
Uh, a totally different time, I think. Uh, two years later, they were, yeah. Really? Independence Day is 97. But this, I thought and this was much earlier than that. This is 95. Ah. This is the year after Time Cop. Just cool, this makes good radio too. Let's yeah, keep no, going. Sorry. So what, out of 10? Out of 10, <laughs> oh, gosh. Six. Not the worst action Solid. film, but it was pretty good. Not the worst? Not the best. Not the best or the worst. Six out of ten. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I think I would probably say across the board, apart from Time Cop, I'd give all of Jean-Claude's films five. Just a straight five. Just a straight five? Slap bang in the middle. No no messing around. Never never bad. Never that great. Time Cop. Better. Well, we'll see. We might do it on the show. I don't want to give away all of my secrets. True, true, true. (laughs) Keep your secrets. Yeah, that sounds good. Go give it a watch for a giggle. Yeah, that is Sudden Death. Oh, I'm now going to play uh, another old song uh, that doesn't have any representation online, as far as I'm aware, at least as far as I could tell. Uh, this one I'm going back to, I think, 1996. Definitely pre-97, but the <laughs> the record doesn't actually have a date in it. Oh, it does, 1996. Hey! <laughs> that was so much easier than I thought. Yeah. Uh, this is a band called um, Said I Was. Uh, they're from, is it Umia? The place in Sweden that all the hardcore bands come oh, from? Oh, gosh, I don't know. Umea or Umea. I should Umea, know that, really. Umea. I listen to a lot of music from there. Um, <laughs> it's on Desperate Fight Records, uh, which is a record label that the guy from Refused um, ran from uh, during the 90s up until probably when Refused broke up, I suppose. Um, really good band. They re- there's only two releases, I think, by them. Um, I can find absolutely no information about them online whatsoever. Um I don't know if... I think all of these people were in other bands as well, like old sort of 90s straight edge bands. Um, but the first sort of mini CD that they released, which is just self-titled, uh, is this the, This song is from that. Uh, but they did release another album uh, the year after, which is much more... It's almost... It's got a bit of Fugazi on it, and it's more. It's, it's almost sort of like poppy. It's really weird. But this the first record is like just total straight edge hardcore. And uh, this song is called Punk Rock Revolution. It used to be one of my absolute favourite songs when I was a wee nipper. And uh, here it is. to breakfast punks podcast that was said i was thanks for that dave that was cool um so we're gonna make our goodbyes now uh our apologies as always for yeah, yeah. our podcast <laughs> but <laughs> no thank you for listening yeah thank if you, you are still t- listening if you made it through that whole lord of the tins oh christ I'm, I'm, i take my hat off to you yeah well not what a load of nonsense <laughs> um shout outs hilariously i do have one shout out to make 
Hi, Mum! Hi! <laughs> My mum wanted a shout-out, so here we are. Apologies for any swear words. Uh, <laughs> I don't think there was many. Oh, there's I, loads. I know, there's loads the from the... Yeah, there's loads from oh. the... So, yeah, again, if anyone's got anything they want us to say, look into, talk about, talk less about, anything, any feedback, just let us know. Shamcityroasters at gmail.com is the best way to send that. Or or Instagram messages, Breakfast Punks Podcast is our Instagram tag. Indeed. So, we're going to leave with one last song. We are. Uh, this song is by a band called Pissa, um, who have members of all sorts of different bands that I'm not going to try and list, but you probably know most of them. Um it's from an LP which is about to come out called Carved Up for Yucks, which is uh, basically a remix album of some of their other stuff. It's got some real crazy stuff on there. Um, it's one of the, um, a lot of labels are putting this out, but one of them is uh, Toxic What's It. Um, we're going to have a bunch of um, copies of this available, so you should grab one. Yeah, it's on pre order really now. It's on pre order at the moment. Um, and available via toxicwhatsit.co.uk. Uh, we're going to play a song called A Wretched Dub. And then we are going to bid you adieu. So thank you so much for listening. Hey, thank you guys. Till next time. See you in two weeks' time. Bye. Bye. Your life, 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 your life,